You're listening to 99.1 SHAP Radio, KLCTLP, Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Shap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether it's live on 99.1 FM, online at shapradio.com, or later on the LCU podcast. I'm Nathan Carcino, and you're tuned in to another episode of the LCU Coaches Show featuring the head coaches of LCU basketball. Joining me to begin is head coach of the Lady Shaps, Steve Gomez. Coach, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Ah, another great day in Lubbock, Texas, huh? <laughs> that is true. Same could be said for whatever haboob was going on. Maybe it's not the greatest, but glad everybody hopefully staying safer up out there. Indoor sports, man. That is right. That's what we're <laughs> talking about today. Everybody's favorite. Um, Lady Shaps end the 2022-23 regular season, 21-9 and overall, 16-6 and in Lone Star Conference play. Coach, with all the uncertainty that we had at the beginning of the year with such a new team, how well did this group grow together on and off the floor? Yeah, it's just been a joy. I'm, I just love where we are. I love where we've been. You know, we from the start of the year, we played an incredibly difficult schedule this year, and with a team with no starters returning, and to be where we are as mature we're playing right now, very satisfying. And more than that, just besides the performance. Uh, I was telling one of our former players today, just one of the most joyful and energizing teams we've had in my 20 years here, you know, not because they're undefeated, but because they're just a close-knit, fun group. And we've seen a lot of progress, and they st- we still got a long way to go, you know, even in the, these weeks ahead, but then in the in the future, too, it's so fun to see what this team has done. This past week, it was a home and away series with West Texas A&M. First on Thursday, an LCU win in Canyon, 71-60. to Then the Lady Buffs rebound for a win in Lubbock on Saturday, 88-79 in overtime. Two very exciting rivalry games with quite a bit of postseason stakes as well. How did your team rise to the occasion at this point in the year against WT? Yeah, you know, we've talked about just let's play at a high level and if if another team just plays better and they're both we're both playing at a high level, you know, you can sort of accept and live with that. And I, I really felt both games, both teams played at a high level. It was it was postseason type performances. You know, obviously, you know, we won one, they won one. There's so many little bounces of the ball that go into both of those games. Uh, so now I just feel like right now, if both of us, West Texas and us, continue to play at that level over this conference tournament we might end up meeting again in the final if we can duplicate those performances looking at the game on Thursday in particular it was one of the cleanest games I've ever seen at least this season from the Lady Shaps what made them so successful in handling the ball on Thursday you know I just think we had a great calmness about us you know I think over the weekend we had nine turnovers on that Thursday night game and just really handled the ball well great possessions uh, and stuck the ball in we made some tough shots you know we we hit some shots that were not necessarily wide open. Uh, and so that that was a good, solid game for us. I felt like our girls stayed real steady. And uh, we overcame, you know, a little adversity in the third quarter. They made a good run like every team's going to do. And uh, we were able to finish that off in the fourth quarter with some clutch possessions. It was just the second time all year that the team committed less than 10 turnovers in a game. Only one giveaway from point guard Macy Maddox to go with her 18 points. We talked a lot last week last week about how she's so able to score so easily as well as she can facilitate. Uh, how impactful was her performance on, on both of those areas on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, she makes the game so much easier for our team. And it's not as noticeable because she does a great job of getting the ball up the floor with 
great ease. It's not a struggle. You know, there have been times in the past where we're not as mobile and as quick. She gets the ball and off the dribble, it's very difficult for teams to to slow her down. So that part of just getting into the offense has been great. But yeah, that Thursday night game, she really hit some timely shots. You know, she scored well. She distributed it. And uh, she's done that all year, but I, there was a little extra edge to her that, that evening. And you also saw a great production and a breakout game from freshman Marty McCoy. She scored a career-high 16 points and had some very crucial offensive rebounds in that second half to go with that scoring. Um, being in the starting lineup quite a bit to end the year, how has she gotten more and more comfortable in the college ranks? Yeah, it looks like uh, you know that maturity, like every one of our players has progressed this year. Those that are playing a lot and those that aren't even playing a lot, we were seeing great improvement and for her just to be able to relax and play, that's been the key for her. Uh, you know, early on starting, it's sort of, for a freshman, it's really rare for us to have that even happen. And once she's sort of settled into that, she's helped us defensively. That night, offensively, obviously, she was very productive for us. And uh, But just her her intensity, you know, she brings a little uh, an aggression and an excitement that helps us out. The game was led in scoring with 20 points from WT center Nylam Thabak. Stands at six foot four, and she's quite a daunting task down low. But she did miss quite a bit of point blank shots in on Thursday's game. So, what was the game plan going in, knowing you're facing her down low, and how well do you think your interior players accomplished that game plan? Yeah, I mean, you know, she's long, and you know, she shoots the ball decent too. That's a thing. She has a three point percentage that is very respectable. It's someone you can't back off, and so. You know, to have that versatility is really makes it difficult for a defense. But we knew we didn't want to just leave her down there one on one very long. So we're going to have to bring some help. But uh, you know, she has a good touch. She she did a pretty good job. Obviously, on on Thursday and Saturday, just was making everything really uh, one of those days where a lot of the shots that we made her take Thursday night or wanted her to take that she missed on Saturday, she made them. But again, at the same time, there's shots that man. It really is not a whole lot you can do about it. You mentioned Saturday. It was the rematch back at the Rip Griffin Center. And the story of the night was really just the extraordinary shooting on both ends of the floor for both teams. Um, so what were some of your biggest takeaways from that series finale? Yeah, you know, it was it was it was uh, maybe a, a, a spectator game, you know, some <laughs> that people that come to watch could sure be entertained by. You know, as coaches, I'm sure both of us, uh, Coach Proc, myself, were thinking, man, where's our defense? And we've got to, <laughs> we, but then even watching video, some of the defense was fine. It was some really incredible makes, some difficult shots, uh, you know, some good bounces for both teams here and there. And then uh, it, it was just a fun weekend of games. Again, uh, you know, we could play 10 times, it might be five and five, and they might all be last quarter games. But uh, so it's just fun. It, it's fun to be playing at that level right now. Obviously, we want you always want to come out on top. You just want that one more bucket can make your whole demeanor different. Uh, we don't want to get into that. We just want to play well, and we realize they really played well. Like you said, a lot of shots going in, and they weren't all wide open. It wasn't like offense was just cutting up the defense. It was offense making tough plays. It was pretty back and forth that entire way, especially from the matchup of Thabak and Grace Foster. What was it like just watching those two great players trade buckets throughout most of the game? Yeah, it's fun when we have the ball. It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, really, it, it was it was impressive. And, and the teams working together, finding the people at the right time, uh, you know, getting them the ball and letting them create. Because some of those, it wasn't like, boy, that was a great offensive action. It was throw it to them and they created a, a bucket. And so both to their credit. And, uh, you know, again, I, I would 
we would love to have a chance to play again, uh, either in conference tournament, regional tournament, and I'm sure it'll be another battle if we do. In that one on Saturday, Thabak finished with 30 and 14. Grace Foster with her 13th double-double, 29 points and 11 rebounds. And down the stretch of this game on Saturday, we saw two offensive possessions coming out of timeouts where you put the ball in junior Audrey Robertson's hands. Could you speak a little bit about your trust in her, especially coming out of those timeouts and crunch time of that game? Yeah, she's been – she's such a warrior and she's explosive. Obviously, shoots free throws well uh, – we just we've seen over the course of the years a lot of times she can get to the basket you know on the drive which sometimes creates contact creates fouls and so we didn't want to be passive we didn't want to you know be shooting fadeaways we wanted to be do something aggressive and and again I think we look at those possessions we would take those shots ten out of ten times because when we can drive it and get to the basket with her uh, usually really good things happen and so that you know again you look back if those go in everything's great they didn't go in but i don't think we would change the the design of what we wanted to do unless of course we wouldn't have gotten a good shot and so uh sometimes those go sometimes they don't and uh obviously they made you know i can think of a banked in three they had i wouldn't trade that shot for audrey's layups any day Robertson did end up converting two free throws at the end of regulation to tie things at 75 and force overtime in this one. And in those extra five minutes, LCU, just one field goal, was outscored 13-4 to by WT. What can this team learn the most from an overtime battle like that, especially in the environment that it was in? Yeah, I was just and we've had some good, tremendous games on the road, uh, at home. And, uh, you know, that was one of those you know, they they get a bucket. We have a turnover the first possession of of overtime that gives a transition bucket and a foul. You know, anytime you start off of a an overtime period with five points after just quickly, you know, then you're sort of trying to play catch up. And again, some of the good shots we took, again, I wouldn't, I don't think we took bad shots. They just didn't go in. And so sometimes that happens. And then uh, that run for them, I think on Thursday night, they had a run in the third and fourth quarter where it's sort of similar. Uh, and so. Sports are just nuts. You just you just never know what one little play or one bounce of the ball, how it changes uh, the whole entire outcome of that game. And so, you know, it was five minutes. We didn't shoot it well, and they did. And, you know, next time, hopefully we'll have another chance to do it. Yep. Turning the page to this week uh, with 11 division wins on the regular season, the Lady Shaps named West Division co-champions with Angelo State. Um, but although Angelo State getting the two seed, LCU getting the four seed due to the head-to-head, um, this year with the East and West divisions, did the conference season feel any different to the years past with that new factor of the divisions, or was it all pretty standard? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I we just wanted to play the game in front of us. I was not really keeping track of division or overall. We just, you know, a lot of people do, and that's great. It's so funny. Even the, like you t- title it the co-West division. I don't even know what it is. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's like, hey, you know, we've got a chance to keep playing. We're going to do that. And, you know, we're not planning on putting any banners up for a, a division champion in a conference. We want to keep doing, playing the best we can and give ourselves a chance to win the next game. And to be a four seed, I mean, that's fine. Hey, there's eight good teams so wherever you were going to be in that, there wasn't an easy road. It's not like, you know, obviously you want to be the highest seed possible. And at the same time, you know, you've got to play 40 good minutes. And we've been playing at a level that uh, going in the conference tournament, we have as good a chance as anybody to win. 
Now, as we look at this tournament, games will be played at the Comerica Center in Frisco, Texas. And before we get to this first matchup in the quarterfinals, what will this week of practice and travel look like for the team? Yeah, you know, we had a good, a good a Monday recently has been, you know, a little activity, not too much from a, a long weekend late in the season. Uh, so, I mean, we, we did about 20 to 30 minutes of, of action and then did some shooting, try to keep it light. We'll get a good weightlifting in. You know, tomorrow we need to have some competition. You know, we need to play with some heat tomorrow in practice and, uh, you know, get our legs, get our lungs opened up. And uh, then we'll travel tomorrow evening. So we practice Wednesday there, have a banquet Wednesday evening and play Thursday night. So it's really a standard week is in terms of what we're used to in conference if we're traveling, although we'll go Tuesday evening instead of Wednesday morning. But uh, sort of a recovery, but at the same time preparation. Yep. The Lady Shaps uh, take the floor in the nightcap on Thursday after that practice and banquet on Wednesday, March 2nd, 8.30 p.m. against the 5-seed Texas A&M Kingsville. Um, what can the listeners expect from a game like this in the quarterfinal round? Yeah, I, just a, such a good opponent. You know, Kingsville, uh, Mike Madrid, their coach there, he, was, he coached with us here. He was a great help for us over the years. And then he went to Texas Women's, and he's head coach in some junior colleges. But We've got a great friendship. We're in touch a lot during the season. And, uh, you know, their team, we both run a lot of the same stuff. We've taken stuff from them. They've taken stuff from us when he was here. So I won't say it would be mirror image teams, but very similar. Uh, they're going to be a team that executes well. They're not going to do a lot of stupid things. And they're, they're just going to make it every possession a, a battle. And they won't have uh, extended runs of poor play. So it's going to be the steadiest team that can make shots uh, and that sounds simple, but it's it's really the key to this is just staying steady. But when you have an opportunity, you need to capitalize because they're not going to come very often. LCU has faced the Javelinas just once this season, ending in a Lady Shap road victory, 76-61 back in December. What will be one of the biggest factors in this game coming up that was successful for the Lady Shaps last time these two teams faced? Well, we're going to need to make sure that we don't just rely on a Grace Foster to score a lot of points. We're going to need every player to be ready and be productive because uh, the, they're not going to allow the the strength of our team. That they're going to take away our what we want to do primarily. So we're going to have to have those secondary options of shooting the perimeter shot well, of attacking the basket, people off the bench coming in and producing. Which last time we played, Rachel Hazy had an incredible game, and so uh, we look forward to everybody bringing their best. This is the time of the year you have to. You have to lay it out there. There's no reason to keep it, uh, save it for later. And so that's going to be a big key is multiple contributions across the team. And uh, so I've got to help us do that too by making sure everybody is is ready to step into those roles. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have to defend. They have some really good perimeter shooters, uh, but they're not just one-dimensional. So offensively, they'll be a challenge. And uh, it's just going to be a fun opportunity to play because I think we're evenly matched. Before we sign off, it was senior day at the uh, Rip Griffin Center on Saturday. LCU honoring senior Lady Shap Whitney Cox, as well as your longtime assistant Vic Self in his retirement. What has it been like working with them the last few years, and what do they mean to LCU basketball? Yeah, I told the team in our little reception uh, after halftime with the parents, uh, you know, Whitney Cox, is a, she's a unique individual. Over 20 years I've coached here, one of the most intelligent, not only classroom intelligent, but just perception, uh, she understands the game well. She's really good at strategy, and so, you know, she sees things. She's been a great help, you know, and she's played some for us. Even early in the year, she started, got hurt over the break at Christmas, 
and has, you know, has come back and never has quite hit full stride back. Uh, and, you know, with some of the players playing well, the doors haven't been as open for her. But uh, someone who has served this team, you want your seniors to be great examples, you know, not just on the court, but in the locker room. And to have a senior as mature as her who's handled a reduction of playing time but still been as involved as ever, I mean, that says a lot about the quality and character of a person. So I mean, that's a big thing about Whitney. You know, she'll be here to get her master's next year, and she'll be around to keep mentoring these kids. Uh, but at the same time, she's someone that you know, helps us as coaches. Uh, we ran an inbounds play. She sent me one watching a game, and we ran it and scored against WT Thursday night. So she's contributing in lots of different ways, even if it's not statistically. And then Coach Self, he's spent a long, long time here as an assistant, has a, had an incredible career wherever he's been. And he was on the podcast last week, had some great things to say. What does it mean? What does it mean to you to be with him for so long and right side by side and then now changing into his retirement and his next stage? Uh, how impactful has he been? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, and I think I said it at halftime, if if people see what all's happened to the 20 years here in women's basketball since I've had the chance to coach, so much of it is a result directly of him, even though he wasn't here. I mean, his impact, he allowed me to have a job as an assistant out of college and sort of slowly taught me, you know, I was young and dumb, now I'm old and dumb, but as a young, dumb coach, you know, he sort of patiently helped me along. So much of what we do strategically, uh, relationally with our players is because of what he did there at Monterey with those guys and uh, and what he does in the community. I mean, he is... A servant. I mean, if you want someone who is a humble servant, as Jesus called us to be, uh, that, you know, Coach Self is as the best a representation of that as anybody could be, and he'll continue to do that. He'll, you know, he'll be around and he'll come to practice, and you know, we'll want to see him around. He'll just won't have the responsibilities that he's had to have. Coach, thank you so much for your time, and best of luck this week. We're very excited, so good luck and safe travels. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's so great all that you guys do for LCU and for our athletic teams. Thank you, thank you. That was women's basketball head coach Steve Gomez, and his Lady Shaps of Lubbock Christian will take the floor in the Lone Star Conference Championships this Thursday, March 2nd at 8.30 p.m. And if you can't make the trip to Frisco, make sure to tune in for live audio coverage here of the entire tournament on 99.1 Shap Radio and on shapradio.com. Coming up next, we'll hear from Brendan Riker and head coach of the Chaparrales, Todd Duncan, right here on the LCU Coaches Show. You're listening to the LCU Podcast and 99.1 Shap Radio. We're back with the LCU Coaches Show live on 99.1 Shap Radio and on demand on the LCU Podcast. I'm Brendan Riker, joined alongside Nathan Carcino, and I am now joined by head men's basketball coach, Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today? Doing well, gentlemen. You guys doing all right? Yes, sir. I think we have all survived the dust storm that blew, blew through Lubbock yesterday. Did you survive that? Did you stay out of all that mess? Best I could. It's yeah. kind of unavoidable in some ways. But, uh, you know, Lubbock's a great place to live. You get a few of those a year and you just kind of have to get through them. But, um, you know, the people, the, 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 the Great Falls, there's a lot of great things about Lubbock. So, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, a day like yesterday can kind of make you forget all that if you're not careful. And, of course, usually these haboobs roll through the spring. So once you get past the spring, it's pretty easy sailing when you live in Lubbock. Now, Coach, your team finishes the regular season 18-10 and 10 and 14-8 and 8 in conference. How much growth did you see from the team from that very first game in November against Regis all the way up to now? 
Yeah, I think there's uh, a lot of things that we can take that are positive. You um, start a year and you just naturally compare it to the teams you've had in the past, which is probably unfair to to both parties because it's a new season. You're playing different teams, different looks. Um, you know, obviously we're all representing LCU, so there's that familiarity. But in a lot of ways, losing the guys that we lost from last year's team and um, we always tell our guys, like, the faces change, but the expectations don't. But you also have to be realistic about, you know, what's – the other teams are different too, like your whole schedule. It's just different. Um, I'm pleased with the guys. I'm, I'm Obviously, you can look at games and think it had been nice if we could have done a little better here or there. I think early in the season we made some mistakes in some games that – I think if we played those games now, they'd be correctable, and that just comes with some experience and us knowing what we're going to get and how we need to handle certain things. And then, you know, it's just about progress every day, getting better, really. So uh, pleased with the guys. You know, you're greedy in a sense that you want uh, – all you want is to win every game. But it's 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 not realistic. You know, there's only one team standing at the end. And, uh, you know, we just got to continue to – to, to get better today, finish strong, and uh, hopefully we get to keep playing into March. Taking a look at this past weekend, LCU played a very tough West Texas A&M team in a home-away series, uh, fell in Canyon on Thursday 68-55, and then on Lubbock on Saturday 84-77. Obviously, this was a very tough uh, weekend for the Chaparrales, but what were your thoughts on the transition from Thursday's performance to Saturday's performance because there was a lot of good things that came out of Saturday's performance. Yeah, I think both games we got off to slow starts. WT obviously gets credit for some of that. Um, they're very good. There's not much margin with them. They they just come at you in different ways. Their defense is really underrated. I think their offense is, is so high-powered that maybe that gets the attention of most people, but really they sit down and guard you really um, hard and uh, they make things difficult for you. I didn't think we did a very good job of handling it either game. We did make some adjustments uh, that I thought helped us and you know both hats in the second half we were able to to win those halves but we just dug ourselves too big a hole. I think in Canyon we cut it to seven several times and they just had answers and then we cut it to four here um, and they had answers so give them credit for that I you know I do think that uh, there, there'll be opportunities if we play them again, things we can do differently. Um, but, you know, the margin's small. The the better teams you play, the further you get down the road, there's not too many uh, surprises out there anymore. So it just comes down to executing the plan. And uh, you got to make some shots too. So, uh, you know, there's a you – know, in, even in a game of seven points, you can look to a missed block out, a missed layup, Somebody makes one more shot, get one more stop, and it's a different turn, you know, uh, you know, things turn around quick. Um, but at the same time, they didn't happen, and so you have to just live in reality and accept that you got to be better next time you play. And that is one thing me and Nathan talked about live on air was West Texas A&M's defense was very surprising to us and how well they played on the defensive end because whenever you look at them statistically – your eyes are immediately drawn to their offense. Now, as a coach, when you walk into the locker room after these sort of games, and this is just in any sort of game like that in general, uh, what do you say to the team to kind of 
reassure things and make sure everyone's on the same page after taking a tough loss? Yeah, usually less is more. Um, it's emotional. You know, even after a victory, you know, you're always proud of the guys. I think just to say you're proud after you win is a little disingenuous because really those guys have made me proud every day. They work hard. They're fun to be around. You know, even through the ups and downs, it's, you know, we might not always be smiling, but there's always that relationship that's strong. There's that trust. Um, there's disappointment for guys who played well and we didn't get the win. There's hurt for guys who've worked really hard and just didn't play up to the standard they have for themselves. Usually you just hit a couple of quick points and, uh, you know, give them the plan and move on. There are times where you go a little deeper into detail if you have a game coming, such as Thursday night. Um, you know, we knew we needed to get on the road and we were going to be discussing it the next day. So it was more of, you know, we got to be better in these areas. We will. We'll watch the film and let's get on the bus. Uh, after Saturday's game, it was, you know, the tournament's coming up. We'll see where we're seated. We'll get you the plan. Um, really just, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot the first half again. And, you know, I always tell our guys, like, we determine who wins the game, not the officials. Obviously, the other team is a factor, but I want us to f take some ownership over the result and not necessarily just uh, be victim mentality of, you know, we didn't get a call or this happened, that happened. Like, we can all point fingers. And, you know, I just say, you know, I, it's my job to help you guys do better. So we're, we're going to look at the tape and figure out best we can. But just get your rest. Um, stick together, and uh, let's look forward to finish this thing strong. Every every goal we set at the beginning of the year is still in front of us. Are there any players, as far as being in the locker room goes, that after these tough games, they're looking to pick their teammates up and reassure them, say, hey, guys, we just got to rebound, stick together, and continue playing as a team? Yeah, I think guys like uh, Rowan comes to mind. I mean, Rowan's such a high achiever. Um there's nothing you can say to Rowan that's going to be harder on him than he is on himself, and that's why he's so good and so special. And then there's other guys that just, you know, they do everything you ask. They give you everything they have. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough to really criticize a guy like that because he's already feeling it. He's wearing it. It's, he's hurting. And you just try to tell him you love him. We know you're better than that. You know, we just got to perform. Like, you, we can't control our performance. We can control our attitude. We can control our effort. We can control some things, but there's a lot of things we can't. So let's just make sure our preparation, um, our attitude, our mindset, our mentality, everything going into this game is at an elite level, a championship level, because that's really what everybody from this point on is playing for. And so uh, there's other guys, um, but Rowan stands out because I think he has the respect. He has the experience. There are guys like KJ, whether he plays a lot or a little, I think the guys respect him and what he has to say. And then I think uh, the one thing that's really impressed me about these guys is, and we had them all do this before, where we have each guy address the team and tell them maybe some thoughts he they have on our performance, which, you know, is a lot of pressure for an 18-year-old guy to get in front of his peers and say, we got to be better here. We did this well. And so when you hear these guys, you see the depth. You see how much they've they've learned. Um when you see somebody every day, sometimes, you know, you notice things, but it's not as, as apparent as maybe when there's a space or distance or time. And uh, so it's impressive to see just that they're locked in on what we're doing. Um, they're all in on us being the best we can be. And, uh, 
you know, I think I've maybe said it to you guys before, but you want to you want a team you can lose with, meaning you don't want to lose, but you go in the locker room and you're like, you know, I go to battle with these guys any day. Only one team stands at the end. Well, obviously, you want it to be you. Do everything you can for it to be you. But if it's not, can we go in there and and just have that love, that relationship, that respect, that trust um, that makes being a part of a team special? This week, the postseason begins with the Lone Star Conference Tournament as LCU takes on St. Edwards Friday in the quarterfinal round. Before we get into St. Ed's, can you explain to our audience how the Lone Star Conference Tournament works? Yeah, it's a fun event for our guys. We'll get there Wednesday night. There'll be a banquet. We'll uh, get all the postseason awards announced. All the teams will be there that are that are qualified. Um, then they'll just get to hang out, play some. You will get to eat. We'll get to play some pool, um, bowl. It's at a main event there in Frisco, so it's a pretty cool deal. The women will be teams will be there as well. So um, you know, in the past, my daughter's been there as a part of the women's team. So that's always been a cool thing to to hang out um, and see her. Um, this year, you know, she's not playing, but um, that that's the memory I have since we've been in the Lone Star every year going that and getting to hang out. And, and uh, it's just a good experience. Uh, kind of let your guard down, be around the other teams, the coaches in the league that we're close to. You get to hang out and spend some time with them where you're not getting ready to compete and you kind of are on edge or whatever. So, um, that's fun. And then Thursday, we'll have a practice. The women play on Thursday, so we'll go and support them. Um, and then we'll just be gearing up Friday. We'll be watching video, having team meetings, having a shoot around at the gym, and uh, just getting locked in for our game on Friday night. What is something that you like about the conference tournament? And is there anything that you wish was probably done a little bit differently? Yeah, I don't, I can't think of too many things other than I just wish every team in our league qualified for it. Our league is so tough top to bottom that when you're only taking the top eight, whereas last year the team that finished ninth uh, ended up making the NCAA tournament in our region. So it, the quality of teams that aren't getting to go is impressive as well. So it just puts a lot of pressure. If you hit a rough patch during the season, you could be knocking yourself out of that. As far as the tournament, there, there's really nothing I don't like. Uh, it's done very professionally. Uh, they make it a, a good experience for our guys, staying in nice hotels, playing a nice arena. The Frisco area is really nice. So um, everything about it just makes you feel like you're in a, in a big-time environment. And obviously you're, it's postseason basketball, so you have a little of that March Madness feel where we're still in the mix for a regional, the NCAA tournament. You know, it's tough in Division II where only eight teams from the region make it, 64 in the nation. Where in the Division One, those 64 come from all over the country. So your region or your area, your conference isn't limited to a certain number. That's why you see the Big Ten, the Big 12 get more than their share. With us, you know, we have to be in the top eight in our region. So we're seven in the last rankings that came out after our last show. They'll be announced this week on Wednesday. So we'll kind of know where we stand again. That was a, an advantage of playing WT because – they're so good in the region, your strength of schedule only goes up when you play a team. Now, if you can win those games, it's a super uh, boost. But uh, it's not going to kill us that we didn't win. Um, it would have been better to win, no doubt. But it's an advantage playing a team of that quality. That's why we always try to play good schedule. And uh, even our second game of the year, we played Colorado School of Mines, who is top 20 and second or third, fourth in the region. Um, last year, we were fortunate to be number one. So we, we understand how tough it is. And if you just get in the tournament, I think you got a chance. When you look at 
these South Central Regional rankings, do you take that into if, do you take that into your mindset going into this conference tournament this week, or is it more of the approach of hey, let's just play one game at a time and we'll just go on from there? Yeah, you can't you can't just act like it doesn't exist. You know where you stand. You know what needs to happen based on you know other teams around you, but at the same time, like. Let's don't let too much of our mind be occupied by something we can't control, going back to that message. And uh, St. Ed's on Friday night is going to be all we want. I mean, they're, you know, I think they're really, really good. They obviously are. We played well here. Um, just circumstances were in our favor a little bit. We were really focused. Um, but I know uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna come out ready. Um, they're right there on that bubble as well. So um, you know it's an important game for both teams. It'll be the third time in a row that we faced them in the first round of the conference tournament. Um, so we just gotta get locked in, stay healthy, get healthy, and and be as prepared as we can be. And at the same time, enjoy being in the postseason. Smile a little bit. Enjoy the journey. <laughs> that that's that uh that unique. Uh, balance that you're always searching for when you're in the competition and the heat of the battle. Looking at St. Edwards, this is a team that lost three straight starting with LCU when we met them in Lubbock on February 16th. Then they broke their three-game slide against St. Mary's in the regular season finale, 75-66. What are your thoughts on how the Hilltoppers closed out their regular season? Well, you know, they came to play us and then WT, which, you know, we know that's not easy based on our, our weekend with WT. And, uh, you know, St. Mary's is their rivalry game similar to our WT game. So the fact that they um, – and they played them on a Tuesday-Thursday, so a quick turnaround from leaving Canyon on Saturday. And, uh, man, these road trips will take it out of you, not just the games but all the things that go into it. And uh, I give them a lot of credit to to find the juice to go out and beat St. Mary's on their home floor on that Thursday. So – um, at this level, I think anything can happen any game. I don't – there might be favorites here or there, but um, every team is capable of winning a game in this tournament. So uh, there are the favorites, but uh, there are different teams that are favorites, but I wouldn't uh, put it past anything to happen. It's March. There's a reason it's called March Madness. Four Hilltoppers average double digits between Sean Elkinson, Uche Dibiamaka, Jeff Gary, and Blake Nielsen. How did these guys fit into the second highest scoring offense in the Lone Star Conference? Well, they go with great pace. They're highly skilled. They're well uh, versed in what they're wanting to do. And uh, they do a great job disguising it. So it might look like one thing and it's something else. You just can't, uh, you just got to be really locked in when you're playing those guys. Um, they'll beat you back door. Um, they'll slip a screen. They'll pop instead of cutting. I mean, they they just do a great job of reading it and with what they do. And so you just have to um, make sure that you're um, connected defensively, your communication's on point, and uh, you fall asleep, they're going to make you pay. And, uh, you know, we we had, a, we had a good performance defensively here. But they still are getting the shot they want almost every possession. So some of it is you just got to make that shot as tough as you can and just hope they don't hit it because when they start hitting them, you're a little bit at their mercy. Coming off a game where you just played the same opponent in back-to-back games, how does seeing these guys two only just two weeks ago, it seems like it was just yesterday, LC played St. Edwards. How does that affect this week's game on Friday? 
It helps in a sense that you're a little more prepared. I mean, you're not just uh, doing a deep dive into them. You've you've at least seen them live. They have the same advantage with us. Um, then it's just, okay, what adjustments? What do we just need to continue to get better at? And then, you know, at some point it's about us as well. Like we need to be locked in on us and getting us to the level that we think we need to pl- be playing at to make a postseason run. Um, so, you know, it's it's a – it's a little bit of an art of preparing, but not preparing too early because you really want to be ready to be at your best on Friday evening. So that that's kind of the challenge uh, of this week, and we'll just do our best to make sure our guys are ready for that. One of the big differences between that weekend against St. Edwards and St. Mary's and then this past weekend with WT, and you mentioned this early in the show, but it's the start for LCU that kind of has made that difference for LCU so what are the Shaps going to have to do to get off to a hot start on Friday? Well, I just think it comes down to don't turn the ball over. Make sure your defense is set and you're not, you know, get as many easy baskets as you can, but don't give up a bunch of them. Uh, it's it's obviously easier said than done, but I think it, it's literally that simple. Make sure you're doing the things you can. You're blocking out. You're staying connected. You're communicating. And then we just got to execute at a higher level offensively. Um, again, some of that – uh, it goes to the defense that we played with WT. And they just did a great job of taking us out of our stuff. We kind of got a little um, glossy-eyed and just stopped being aggressive. And then, you know, the game was, you know, 15 points, whatever, and it's kind of like, well, here we go, and we got aggressive. You just got to start the game with an aggressive mentality. Um, it's in any sport. Um, you know, when you start thinking too much, I just say those are like bricks getting thrown on your back, and they just slow you down. And, uh, you know, you got to be ready to run. You got to be ready to think. The, you know, Jerry Tarkanian, a great coach, used to say, you know, the more you think, the slower your feet get. So it's like building good habits. It's, and that's why the preparation is so important. So when you get into the game, you're reacting more than having to think. And uh, you're, just, you're just playing in a sense. Is there anything else that you would like to add to, con- to conclude today's show? Uh, no, just other than, you know, being on here with you guys this season, hopefully we can do this again as we get ready for the postseason. We'll we'll find that out on Sunday evening. Uh, but I uh, look forward to a good week in Frisco for the men's and women's team and excited you guys can join us. Absolutely. Coach, thank you so much for your time today and good luck this weekend in Frisco. Okay, thank you. That'll do it for us. Tune in Thursday and Friday for coverage of the Lone Star Conference Tournament on the Shap Radio Sports Network. Thursday we'll have coverage of the Lady Shaps as they take on Texas A&M Kingsville starting at 8 p.m. on CRSN. And then Friday, we'll have coverage of the Chaparrales as they take on St. Edwards starting at 8 p.m. as well. And that is, of course, on Friday. So Thursday and Friday are the quarterfinal rounds, and then we'll go on from there. You can find those games on 99.1 FM or chapradio.com. This has been the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 Shap Radio and the LCU Podcast. God bless and good night from Lubbock. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.